Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. If there's one chore I can get out of, it's always hoovering. <clears throat> I should get closer. I don't mind. Putting the clothes away, I can do that all day. But hoovering, not so much. Mm. Phil loves that. Folding. I don't, I, I don't mind folding. Yeah. There's a sort of... Uh, goodbye, Ryan. See you there's a sort of uh, rhythmic pleasure to yeah. it. <laughs> to each their own. The, <laughs> yeah, read me pleasure. Well, you know, I wouldn't say that. Like a rip, you know, you could you can sort of stick on a one football podcast. Yeah, exactly. Rhythmic pleasure. Is it rhythmic pleasure? Is. I don't see you as the household chore type. Why not? Why? <laughs> I feel like you're too busy. You know, you're. I um, yeah. Let's say it's not my thing, but I do it. I mean, I have to do it. I l- <laughs> so. Do you live alone? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You don't employ somebody to no, do it no, for you or anything like that. No, no, not yet. You're not that rich. Not yet. <laughs> Soon, Francesco. Soon. Soon. Anyway, joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's One Football Podcast is Francesco Portillo. Hello, Phil Costa. Morning. And Joanna Bueno. Hi. Should you wish to get in touch, tell us what you think of the pod, send over any questions you address to do so is podcast at onefootball.com. Now we need to start with Barcelona. Ernesto Valverde. He's gone. (laughs) Finally. Why now? Seems like an unusual time. Yes, it is. It was, what, like 17 years that Barcelona didn't sack a coach in the middle of the season? Yeah, Luis van Gaal was the last one. Yeah, yeah, it is odd. I thought mm. he was he was going to leave by the end of last season because, you know, after, it was not a great season. Well, it was not two great seasons with him. And after Wait, that... Wait, hold on, they won the league. They yeah, got to the semi-final they, of the Champions League. But that's more or less what's expected for Barcelona. And it's not like they made an effort to win the league like, Bar- like Real Madrid just gave gave up in the middle of the season so I would say the beginning of the season <laughs> yeah. more than at the middle but. yeah so it wasn't really hard for them but you know Champions League semi-final is good but not leaving the way that they left twice in a row against Roma and Liverpool winning the first leg 3-0 3-1 4-1 so um, I, I really thought that after the Liverpool defeat, he was going to be gone, but they kept him on. And I think that at some point they realized we need to do something about it. Champions League um, knockout stage is coming and this is not going to be enough. But they're still top of La Liga. Yes, they're, they're still, still in the Champions League with, I would say, a winnable tie against Italian minnows, Napoli. <laughs> uh, it just seems like a... No, is this not odd? Is it just me? I think the relationship between the dressing room and Valverde was broken since month. That's why it was the main reason they decided to oh. change. And uh, it's also, if you think about... Um, I think, as she said, last year something changed when they lost that game against Liverpool. Not forget that Valverde renewed the contract before that and, uh, and then they lost that game. And even before they lost the the, semi, the quarterfinal against Roma the year before. So it was two years consecutively that Barcelona lost two games that they shouldn't have lost. So I think it's normal that Valverde was sacked. I mean, it's a consequence of what happened in the last two years and a half at the end. It's, uh, I mean, 
as she said, the last time that happened during the season was 17 years ago, so it's not usual for a team like Barcelona, but that's how football it is nowadays. You don't expect any more clubs to keep the managers even if they don't perform well. That's happening everywhere, in Premier League, in La Liga, in Serie A. I mean, in Serie A we are used to that, but maybe in La Liga and the Premier League wasn't that, like that before. So, and also the choice they made, I think, was very smart at the end. Kike. Kike Setien, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, we want to talk about this. I didn't know a huge amount of him beforehand. He's the, sorry, can I just say yeah. this, the title? I think he's the Maurizio Sarri of La Liga. It's a very similar story of Sarri. Like, he arrived on um, a big club. Uh, he's like 60 or so, like 50, mm-hmm. 50 something. So um, he had experiences, but not in like big, big clubs. And also he didn't win basically anything in his career. So that's close to what Maurizio Sarri has done in his life. And also the way he approached football is very similar to, to his style. So I think there are, the comparison can be, can be made. Sorry. No, that's a, that's a nice comparison. I like that. Yeah. Well, I didn't know much about him, but now that I know he's basically just a... Is he Spanish? He's Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's just a Spanish uh, Maurizio Sarri. That's pretty easy to pigeonhole him into that. Uh, you, you were writing about him the other day. Yes. Did you want to illuminate the people and what you think he will bring to Barcelona? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's just... The thing is with Valverde is that he was quite stale, very boring, unadventurous in his style, which is not what Barcelona were you know, were built on. This is not why people know Barcelona. I mean, he was winning leagues. But as Joanna said, that was kind of like what's expected, especially with Real Madrid sort of tanking last year completely. Mm. Um, And he's, even in his first press conference, he, you know, he was talking about Cruyff and his style and how he inspired him as a manager and how, and that's like music to, you know, Barca fans ears, um, especially after the, shocking football they've had to watch in the last 18 months especially so I just think even though he might not have been first choice he was you know he's a good option because he brings Barca back to what they fundamentally are and um, instantly that creates a relationship with the fans which which Valverde never had Mm -hmm. so you mean in style terms he brings them back of course yeah and you know even if results don't pick up right away which I'm sure they will they should be fine um, there's a plan and a, and a process for them for not just the fans but the players to follow as well and I think that is a technically gifted group and they'll be a lot happier just being themselves and being allowed to express themselves a bit Okay Would you Will he change your formation at all? or um, He might do a few tweaks here and there Um uh, I mean, Valverde liked to use a four-three-three to try and squeeze everyone in, but with Suarez out now, he might be forced to change things up a little bit. But I, I just think it's more possession, more adventurous play, as opposed to what was quite pragmatic and just, just sort of give it to Messi and see what happens. So pragmatic. It's a nice. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a kind word for dull. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he was chosen the head of Allegri or Pochettino. Right? Is that was that? I the, wouldn't say that. I would no? say okay. that. I mean, Allegri might might have been in the radar of Barcelona, but the problem is that he always said that he didn't want to coach to to arrive in the middle of the season. That's why mm-hmm. he refused to go basically everywhere where he was approached uh, in the Premier League, especially. 
Pochettino was never in the idea of maybe it was in someone's idea at Barcelona but he always said that he didn't want to coach Barcelona in his career Why? so because he's a Espanol yeah. coach Espanol also he comes from a Real Madrid background and he, he's always said that he would like to coach Real Madrid so you know you can't change that okay. uh, what's something um, that I, I didn't know and is um, Interesting is that Kike Setien is the fifth Barcelona uh, Barcelona manager in the history that hasn't played in Barcelona as a player. The fifth in all the history of Barcelona. That's not many. It's not many. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's five yeah. in the history. Yeah. And uh, what surprised me more is that I didn't know that Valverde played for Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he did. So he did? He yeah. did he in did. like one year or two years in yeah. the late 80s, I think. Yeah. I mean this in a nice way, Valverde. But geez, he did look dull. Not yeah. only was his football dull, but whenever he was giving <laughs> press conferences, it looked dull. I mean... His football looked dull, like the team yeah. playing. He was falling asleep in the bench. <laughs> I think after after what happened in the last years with uh, Barcelona managing, so they went from uh, Pep Guardiola to uh, Tito Villanova and Luis Enrique, so very similar kind of managers, they decided to change to shock a bit so they went to like a, someone that knew the league someone was sure that was going to do well because at the end he won trophies so that it wasn't a fail a total failure of Valverde but now they want to go back to what's the mentality of actual Barcelona so Kike Santiago right now is the perfect example and Xavi was another one and he was approached by Barcelona but he said actually today he gave an interview and said uh, it's not my time yet to go to Barcelona so he probably I think the natural why uh, isn't it his time? because I mean not everyone is Pep Guardiola, so other managers maybe want to, you know, be sure that they arrive there at the the step when they are able to to do it. And Xavi is a is a hero there, so for sure he doesn't want to go there and you know be a failure. So he wants to wait. I'm sure that he's young; he will have time to coach Barcelona one day. So there is no pressure right now. But the longer he leaves it, the harder it will be for him because Messi will have to go. I mean, Messi will have to go one day anyway, right? Yeah, so. but if he comes in in a sort of end of Messi, post-Messi era, that's going to be really I'm hard. sure that Barcelona will find a way to replace Messi. I mean, I mean they have, they have the, um, more money than anyone else, so I think they, they will be fine with the team even after Messi. Maybe they, they won't see any more the best football player in the world, but they will see others for sure. So Xavi okay. will have his other players and possibilities to coach. Okay. Did you have something else you wanted to add about uh, Kike? Well, I think it has a lot to do with his uh, love for Cruyff that he was always saying in press mm. conferences and he said that at the beginning when he was presented. So I think that Barcelona eventually wanted someone that was connected to the club like Xavi or someone that had played there. But they found that his connection to the club is more idealistic. So it has to do with the club and with what they want to bring back because I think that's something that missed in Valverde, like tactical options, uh, a dynamic team that can change, that can, for example, Suarez is not playing for until uh, the end of the season. A team that can replace players within themselves, like with, with the bench and with um, academy players. And uh, I think that's something that Kika Setian can bring. So it, it seemed like a proper choice. At first, I didn't know who he was either. I had to do some Googling on it. But then when I saw first thing that he was the Betis coach, that Betis with a lot less money and a lot less talent played really well two seasons ago. So 
let's wait and see. It should be interesting. He uh, had a one-match trial in charge of Equatorial Guinea at one stage. Yeah, like 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago, yeah. Doesn't count. Didn't get the job. (laughs) He said he still puts it on his CV, though. Uh, We have a question in from Canada. All the way from Canada, uh, from Harmon, who asks, um, with the sacking of Valverde and the rapid appointment of Setien, do you think that Barcelona are going to find success in the near future or even long term with their current plan? Or do they seem like a club without a clear direction or identity anymore? I mean, it will take one hour to answer the questions, but okay. my shortcut of it is, I think it's confusing right now what Barcelona wants to achieve because even if... Bartomeu, the president, said in the press conference that they acquire now, they, they got now Kike Setien because they want to win everything in the, ne- in the near future. I think Kike Setien is, uh, needs time to implement his football right now in Barcelona. I mean, it's not easy to arrive in the middle of the season and win everything in three months. So, And also remember that, uh, that I mean, in, in Spain, as in other countries, there are elections for presidents. So... Uh, in 2021 will change so next year will be another president so he might not even stay he gets a 10 after that so it's difficult to say what's long term and what's short term for sure was the best option right now in the others that were possibilities candidates for Barcelona Okay, that is complicated. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because Xavi threw his lot in with another uh, potential president. I uh, might, might be, but I mean, there is a clause in the Kikasetian contract that the, when the new uh, president will arrive, if there will be a new president, he can decide to change the, the, the manager. So even if he has a content in 2022, he, he might leave in 2021. <laughs> that's, quite a, that's quite a clause. Yeah. You're yeah. off if the new guy doesn't like exactly, you. Exactly, yeah. But that's happening okay. everywhere when there are like these kind of systems. Mm-hmm. In, in South America, in Argentina, it happens all the time. One last thing about him. I thought his press conference was interesting and what he said about Messi. And all the quotes that have been flowing. He loves that. He loves that. <laughs> but also, I, the, the best quote for me was when he said, yesterday I was in, the, in my town, wherever, with cows, and today I'm managing the best players in the world. That was kind of nice. I, I feel like by him talking about Messi, he's, he's not necessarily talking to the press or now that he's sending a message to the dressing room that, i.e., I know you're the biggest player in the world. And I'm very excited. To be fair, he always said that even when he was Betis coach, there is like some videos on Twitter and YouTube when Mm -hmm. he was saying that he, he, he loves that. He loves that idea of football, he loves Messi. And so it's perfect this time for him. Okay. Can they survive without Suarez for the rest of the season? What are they going to do? Anybody have any suggestions what they could do? Well, Griezmann could start playing football. <laughs> that would solve things. Um, but, I, well, Barcelona might make some moves in the transfer window, I think. Oh. Yeah, but maybe not something very... I mean, of course, transfer window, there's rumors everywhere and every big club's connected to big players. I I don't really think it's a time of getting a, one of these huge players that is always connected to the team. But maybe someone with that you know can fill the gap for at least six months or Prince Boateng <laughs> or or keep on but the, key, the agent of Kike Setien is the same of Kevin Prince Boateng so never ah. say never <laughs> no I'm kidding yeah. <laughs> and maybe someone that can be a good replacement also that is still young or mm. you know won't mind being a replacement for Messi or Suarez that Mbappe guy looks good <laughs> yeah. you should have a look at him I, I was sure that with, a, with another manager or even with Valverde they were going for a striker a number nine but now with Kike Setien I mean he looks like the guy who can 
arrange things even without the transfer market. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, also because I think he trusts more even the young players. He And I wouldn't be surprised if they don't buy any number nine in this transfer window and they wait for the summer. Okay. So oh, that was the other thing from his press conference. He wanted to bring up the young players. Yeah, he yeah. To he's been putting uh, Puig to play in the midfield this uh, the whole uh, this last couple of days because uh, the young I think got injured. So for the next match, it's already an option. Okay. Now transfer window for Jesco. Here your, we go. <laughs> your time. Your time to shine. Did I shine until now? Well, <laughs> I feel this is when you really come into your own. Yeah. This is my like, home. My yeah. Home. If we did, like, do you have mastermind in Italy? No. Okay. It's like a sort of. Is it only an English thing? Probably. Is it? Yeah. I think it's like it? a game show. A quiz show. Yeah. Yeah, but like you have like a what you a have like a specialist an subject, and they ask you like. Ah, there was some in the past. Something like that. Okay. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, I but mean, it, your transfers would be your thing. Yeah, probably does. Yeah. What would you go but, for in yours? If you were to go mm, on mastermind. Probably something to do with Arsenal. It seems yeah. like a safe. Too thing. easy. Yeah. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Outside, outside, outside of football, would there be anything that you would back yourself on Mastermind uh, for? Yeah, music, yeah. Anderson Pack, that's what I'm going with. Wow. Anderson Pack. Jeez, that's yeah. a decent shout. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I want to I know what your specialist talk in, in case any of us ever get asked to go on Mastermind. Well, football's the general, right? Yeah, you can't I do need football. to specify. Sorry, is Mastermind still going? I think so. They do like celebrity ones. Oh, this is the one. For like charity or something. <laughs> she said World Cups, huh? No, yeah. World Cups. No, it's no. Uh, we want non-football answers, please. <laughs> oh. He's already, he's gone for Anderson Pack. Oh. I don't know about Francesca. You can have a think about Game it. Game of Thrones. That's not okay. bad. That's not, not bad. bad. Shot, yeah. yeah. Okay. It seems such a complicated program when people talk about White Walkers and the wolf. Well, when you wolf, start watching, you have some doubts come to me. Okay. I'll answer your questions. I've tried to convince people to watch uh, Game of Thrones with me. They won't do it. They know who they are. Yeah, just don't watch the last season. Okay. Francesco, outside of football and transfers? <laughs> I will go with classical symphonies. Whoa. What? There you go. I was not expecting that. Prodigy. I played violin for 10 years. I know my thing. <laughs> He's a violin prodigy. Wow. <laughs> There's always each week. There's a little tidbit of Francesca's <laughs> life that we just uh, that we parents kidnapped uh, um, classical music. Yeah, every I was, week. I was a bit disappointed. Nobody else. Nobody wrote in with any kidnapping stories. I thought some people might have been able to relate. I mean, take time, you know, to reveal this kind of uh, thing. So maybe in the next weeks. You ever had anybody kidnapped? Or I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean I wish it's in the right way. <laughs> I mean, have you? <laughs> Have you ever had a friend who's been kidnapped? <laughs> no? No, I haven't. Because we were talking about those express kidnappings. And that sometimes happens in Brazil. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one I did. Like yeah. you take, uh, the people take you in a car for a couple hours, make yeah. you withdraw all ah, the money classic. in the ATM yeah. and then bring you back. Yeah, yeah that yeah. happens. I had some friends that okay. had been through that. Phil, ever been kidnapped? I haven't. No. Uh, fairly sheltered in uh, suburban <laughs> North London, so... <laughs> Okay, getting right. back to the, your actual uh, hot uh, mastermind topic. The biggest club in the world, Inter Milan. All right. Uh, Ericsson Deal, Olivier Giroud and Ashley Young. Where are we with all of those? Um, as we speak, so it's important to underline that because okay. otherwise... Yes. <laughs> it might change when It might change in it. one hour, but mm -hmm. as we speak, yesterday there was... Um, 
the Inter Sport Director flew to London to speak with Chelsea and the agent of Ericsson. And Chelsea? You mean Tottenham? Chelsea for Giroud. So, oh, Chelsea for yeah, Giroud. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. Yes. Um, so the deal with Giroud is basically done. They need to wait Politano to leave, which is now getting a little bit complicated because he might not go to Rome anymore. So, I mean, that's another story. Mm -hmm. So when Politano will leave, Giroud will come in. And it's a contract until 2022. Uh, Chelsea will get 5 million out of this. For Giroud? Yeah. So it's basically done. Okay. Uh, but regarding Ericsson, which is the most important one, of course. Can I just have one quick one thing on, sure. the, on the Giroud thing? He's leaving Chelsea because he's not going to be a starter, is my understanding. I mean, he's, not, he's not, not even a starter. Like now it's not even in consideration, basically. Okay. It's out of everything. But he won't be a starter for Inter. He won't be a starter, but there is, you know, there is Europa League. He can play a few games. Uh, and especially there is Antonio Conte, who apparently they love each other. And uh, yeah. okay. I think that... Giroud decided to, um, um, be, uh, how do you say, he, 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 I can't find the word in English, but anyway, he's not, he's not going to get, uh, he's going to get one million less from the contract with Inter to get this deal done, basically. He's taking a pay reduction. Exactly, pay reduction, yeah, oh, well. for, for that. So, okay. so, yeah, that's, I think that's that. it's important for a club that a player gets a pay reduction for to come to your club okay. was they he linked at Arsenal at some stage again who's Giroud yeah going no okay. I mean we're kind of over him now <laughs> um, yeah it's just because Conte was the one who signed him at Chelsea in the first place ah so, yes um, it just yeah. makes sense doesn't it yeah I mean especially with the Euros coming up it's uh, he needs some games um, even true. though I think he'll go anyway even if he didn't play for two years Deschamps loved him so um, but it's just good for him to find some rhythm before the were Euros you, were you a fan of his yeah he was good oh okay yeah, right. he was, he was, Alexis and Giroud back again yeah, together the, <laughs> they were really good uh, he was good um, but he was just kind of old and slow so we moved away from him and Aubameyang's much better so okay um, yeah I think he, in Serie A can make a difference in yeah. the last minutes of a game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's super sub, yeah. Is, Inter doesn't have subs right now, so it's good to have one at least. Okay. So Ericsson? Ericsson, it's not a sub, I think. No, not a but, sub. Uh, <laughs> but yes, um, there is a deal with the player. So Ericsson said okay to Inter, which is, I think, the biggest news of the year probably because a player like Ericsson who decides to you know go to Inter right now, I think, explains a lot of the power of Antonio Conte has right now in, in Serie A and in Inter especially because Eriksen was linked to Real Madrid last season was linked to a lot of clubs so it's huge that he decided to go to Inter right now there is a um, uh, they are talking the clubs Inter is offering uh, uh, between 10 to 12 millions while year. while Tottenham are asking 20 million so there is a oh so the transfer fee yeah the oh, transfer yeah, fee yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. no the deal with the player is fine okay. it's, that's okay that's mm -hmm. already done they need to now find a deal between with Mr. Levi which is not the not easy. easiest one to yeah. to get in touch with yeah because a normal club would say okay at 15 millions we are done we, we have a deal mm -hmm. if you're asking 20, 20 we offer 10 but you know Tottenham is not the classic club to work with so they might say we're going to lose the play anyway so either 20 or we, we lose in but the summer but it sounds like it will get done right now yes uh, I think I think it's the most likely that uh, will happen in the near, near future with Inter yeah. Ashley Young 
Ashley Young was uh, also again was had a deal with Inter. They they were already settled down, but now um, regarding Politano and there was a deal with Spinazzola, so that will change a bit uh, because Spinazzola plays in the same position as Ashley Young. But now the deal seems it doesn't go through, so Ashley Young might be back in the radar with Inter. So it's a bit like it's there Ashley Young, so it's like the B option B for Inter if they don't get another one. Oh. So, yeah. But it's basically... They Man United just, fans will rejoice when they hear that news. I mean, it might happen and might not. So it's now it's 50-50. Like it's, we, we need to wait what is going to happen in the near future with a wing the Inter one. Okay. Uh, a lot of United fans got very hot under the collar about the Bruno Fernandes rumor. Oh, God. That's uh, uh, <laughs> is it just it's never going to end, is it, Bruno Fernandes? Is this, is this just a rumor or how far does this go? No, it's not just a rumor. It's, uh, it's a deal that is going, but... It's not as done as they say right now, but as we speak, of course, because tomorrow there is a, a Sporting Benfica, and after that uh, there will be the final talks, probably, very likely. Uh, but as we said, it's not like something that it's done already, so it's not deal done. It's takes a while now to fix the the fee and especially because they uh, sporting want another player in the in the deal so they don't find an agreement with that so who do, might they, want? Take, who do they want uh, no they don't want they didn't want rojo at least like he was asking too much money like he was asking the, mm, as a salary too much so uh, they are refusing a couple of players that united are offering so it's gonna take a while i don't think it's that quick they could have jesse lingard i'm sure they'd be. Uh, i mean i don't think they want that but uh, <laughs> it might be an option okay but how much like 70 million is that what it is uh, more or less yes with with bonuses and with adds on and and also we have to see the players involved so they might change a bit the fit okay I've better things to do in my life than watch uh, Portuguese football Who's has anybody seen much of him play have you seen much of him he's just sort of a goal-scoring midfielder, really, um, which is exactly what Manchester United need. Mm. Because if you look at their midfield now, it's Fred, Pereira, Matic. Uh, not great, basically. Uh, Juan Mata, who <laughs> scored yesterday, actually. But, I mean, he rarely does anything now. So, especially with Pogba and Tomine out, they just need an injection of quality uh, or, or something different. Yeah, he's good at set-pieces as well. So... It was weird how they sort of flirted around the deal in the summer and then just left it, but maybe now the circumstances have changed. Um, and I think he is expensive, but, you know, he's a good age, uh, nice profile for them, so I think he should slot in quite nicely. I think uh, it's a player that United, as you said, doesn't really have in the squad, like, yeah. because they have, of course, they have midfielders who score goals, they have Pogba, they have... Uh, others but he he's the one that creates opportunities yep. that I don't see right now in the United uh, oh, squad terrible the other, midfield. what the terrible midfield it's uninspired uh, no, exactly. like, I don't think he's enough to change everything because you know that's a squad that should be renewed in a in a large way but uh, he's, he played a lot in Italy and uh, he was uh, very good everywhere he was playing and I think he might do well also there okay uh, Vidal Vidal is not going to happen because oh, it's okay. yeah it's totally off because he he wasn't let's say he was in a good relation with Valverde 
So now the Valverde is gone, uh, I think uh, it will stay at Barcelona. So no. Inter is not even thinking anymore about him. And it seems like Timo Werner is off to Real Madrid for 30 million. Another from the Bundesliga that goes to Real Madrid. To be on the bench. <laughs> from Jovic. What do you mean to be on the bench? Well, they, they don't take Benzema out. Jovic has been playing because Benzema is injured. What is Timo Werner going to do? Yeah, but Why did they pay? How much did they pay for Jovic? It was 70, 70 million. Yeah, but Why? he's not playing very well, is he? He's not he, playing he at all. He doesn't even get a chance. I don't know if he's playing well or not. He doesn't get a chance. I mean, he played in the Super Cup and he didn't play very well. That's true. But that's all I saw from him. Yeah, well, then you get team over. Think about... I, I mean, mean, Benzema must be about 50 by now. Yeah, but he's still going to play. Florentino <laughs> loves Benzema. If he could, like, make 10 of them and play them all, I think he would. So. Yeah. No, I mean, now it's... Um, it's, I, I don't know if it's going to happen or I have no idea if it's going to happen or not but I don't know it seems unlikely right now in January for, yeah, for the summer going for the titles yeah so yeah, yeah. Gonna sell oh no they're not going to sell them in January it'd be a summer thing I guess yeah, yeah I think in, in summer there will be a big renewal around Madrid especially in the midfield they will go for maybe the Vandenbeck as they're saying today and mm. other players might be Pogba so we'll oh. see then makes more sense because the midfield in Real Madrid is 30, yeah, 32, yeah. 34 so that makes more sense and they're investing on young guys like you know Vinicius and Rodrigo which are you know already forwards so midfield makes a yeah. lot more sense I mean they already play they already got Mundi for uh, Marcelo so they're renewing the team but they bought a young guy to be a striker and Benzema is not going anywhere and he's not staying on the bench yeah. and then Jovic doesn't play and then they're gonna buy a, th- a third one I, w- I wouldn't be surprised sense. if Jovic leave in the summer to be honest because even this summer when did he join? last summer summer. and even after a few weeks they were saying that Zidane didn't like him so they were trying to loan him out and he was offered to many clubs that's for sure so it means that he didn't really Okay. Get in the, was, in the, was that Zidane. purchase arranged before Zidane? Before, came back? yeah, yeah, oh, before okay. Zidane arrived. Yeah, so it was already, already done. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. Okay, speaking of Real Madrid, Genie Jesus. Which makes a lot more sense than. Did Madrid. I get it right, the pronunciation? Uh, not, oh. It's not Spanish, so it's Jesus, oh. not Jesus. Oh, God. I mixed yeah. it all up. Yeah, but okay. It's okay. I, again, but the first one you got right, Genie. Genie, okay. Yeah. Uh, again, I do have better things to do with my time than watch Brazilian football. He's a Flamengo player. He's a Flamengo player. So you know all Until about now. him. Yes. So let's uh, tell the Real Madrid fans what they're getting from He's really good. Okay. Really good. I think that he's one of the best young players coming out of Brazil recently. Uh, Flamengo has a great team, probably the best squad in Brazil, and he didn't have a place in the starting 11, uh, except for less important matches or whenever he had to replace someone. But whenever he came in, he changed the game. He would score. He's a midfielder, but he scores a lot of goals. He's been very successful in the under 20, under 17, under whatever um, national teams. And Is he in the national team squad yet, the full one? Not yet. Okay. But he's on the under-23 that is playing the pre-Olympic qualifier for the Olympic Games. And um, he's a great addition to any team. And I think that he's a great addition to Real Madrid because he 
kind of fluctuates between being the number 10 guy and being a striker. He's not really a striker. He can be a second one. He doesn't really play on the wings, but they have, you know, apart from Hazard and Vinicius and Rodrigo, they already have their wings covered. But he's the kind of guy that stays in the center, uh, you know, thinking the game and organizing things. At the same time, he's really, really fast and he's a great striker. So he can play in attacking positions as well. Okay. How much is he costing them? 30, I 35 think. million, yeah, I think. Well, that sounds yeah. like a bit of a bargain. Well, if you consider that they played 40 for Vinicius and for Rodrigo, it's they're paying... Is he better than those two? I'd say he's in the same level. But okay. I think it's a risky business to buy a young player from uh, South America without having experience in, in, in Europe before. And being so young, he's not even in the starting 11 in Flamengo, so what it's is risky. He, how old is he? I think he's 17. Oh, fucking hell. So... <sighs> So it's a it's a risky business. So you know he's probably if he goes well in Real Madrid, he's going to be worth a hundred in two years. But right now, I think thirty five is the regular price. For Imagine being bought for thirty five million euros at the age of seventeen. Well, there was Vinicius who was yeah, uh, most expensive forty five at yeah. sixteen, no, yeah. something like that. He's the, Vinicius is the most expensive teenager. I think he was at the time. I'm okay. not sure if it's or Rodrigo, maybe. The, they Rodrigo. both caught forty million. Yeah, I think. yeah, one of them. Anyway. Yeah, wow. I think so. It's a lot of pressure. I'd, at seventeen, I certainly wouldn't have been coping with that. He's been compared to your favorite. Uh, Kaká? Yeah. Because he's very fast. And also, he... Paqueta was compared to Kaká. So. <laughs> no, but he has a quality that, that is very particular to Kaká, which is like a starting running, like a rocket from the middle, from you know the defense mm-hmm. field, and then still strike. Those type yeah. of plays that Kaká used to do, he does that a lot. Jeez, I love Kaká. Back uh, in the days. Can you, uh, this is sort of off script, but can you explain what was going on with Firmino and Alison in that video? Which video? I didn't see that. You didn't see this video? No. You, did you see this the, video? You didn't the brief me on that. Video, yeah. I, no, I didn't brief you, but sometimes we like to go a bit off script, you know? Uh, what was it? They were I getting baptized? It was what it looked like. He was getting baptized in the a swimming it, pool. Who, um, Firmino? Yeah, Firmino. And Alison was there as like the godfathery type person. Oh, Without and, the kind of mafia connections. That's yeah, it. and he yeah. was crying and they all hugged a bit in the swimming pool. And oh, I, like a nice... Alison converted him, right? Yeah, Alison's yeah. Because Alison's like, like super religious. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Alison's super religious? Super. Yeah. Like oh, okay. when he wins a title, it's God win the title, yeah, not okay. him. Well, it's like a car. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Hmm. like these Brazilian yeah. players. Uh, I didn't realize you could do it in a swimming pool. That seems. I thought this was done in like I a mean, lake. You can't or really dunk him anymore, so <laughs> like they do when they're four or three. Um, yes. It was a nice moment, but, but okay. I don't know. It was just a bit strange seeing two grown men in a swimming pool together like that. So. Crying. crying, yeah, crying. Yeah. Okay. And they were fully dressed too. They were, yeah. He was wearing like clothes. Yeah, but. that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, anything else you want to get out about the transfer window? No, I think it's. Uh, That's a lot. That's a lot. Okay. Um, Suyesh Bagvat has been in touch who said, love the intro about the kidnapping stuff. There we Ah, go. Here we are. Thanks very much. Uh, He's also, uh, Suyesh is also wondering our thoughts on Arteta and the recent improvements. Now, Phil, this is your, it's your time to shine. Yes. Okay. Go for it. He's great. What do you think so far? Really good. Yeah. Well, it's quite, quite similar to Valverde in that Emery was quite dull, quite stale, never really established a style of play, which 
is fine if you're a capable coach um, but I don't think he proved his coaching credentials at Arsenal and every week it was like shuffling from one formation to the other and I think there was like a stat from Opta that said he used nine different formations in his time at Arsenal oh God. Uh, which is too much you know you, you need two or three um, and it was just a mess really um, players didn't look fit they didn't want to play for him either and Arteta even though he wasn't he hasn't had any experience um, he's just come in and been a, a, not just a manager but like someone an ally in the dressing room so he's put arms around Ozil you know he's got players who weren't playing well playing well like Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Ozil again um, Aubameyang looks to be a bit more motivated again after a lot of rumours saying that he wanted to leave so he's Shark done else. yeah uh, he's done the sort of the dressing room bit and on the pitch as well it's, we just look completely different um, you know. in what way is, is he changed the formation or how is it uh, the formation stayed um, but it's just how we try to win the ball back a lot quicker which is obviously you know Pep Guardiola's thing you know you have to win it back in six seconds so he's obviously got some some tips from him and learned some things from over there and but it's just, you know, the structure's a lot better as well. We we get players involved a lot easier. Like David Luiz had a terrible first few months under under Emery, but he's taken a really big role in our build-up now by... His passing's incredible. He can't do much defending, but <laughs> he can really break lines with his passing. And Jack has been really good as well he, when it looked like he was going to leave to go to Hertha. Um, so he's just... People were unhappy and he's got everyone back in their familiar roles um, you know um, he's he's brought players in who maybe were, were on the periphery and he's got them playing well and you know the first thing he had to do was fix the defence and he's done that uh, the attack still needs work but there's a lot more natural talent in the attack like Pepe or Bamiang Lacazette so you kind of hope they can you know just naturally find their groove but the defence and the structure was, was a big problem and he's done it in, in less than a month so um, we're we're really happy with him. It sounds so obvious. Yeah. Put an arm around the shoulder, get a decent structure yeah. in place, fix a defence. I, I know. I mean, you'd think that, but I, I just think it got so... Everything was rotten and decayed under Emery and, you know, he should have been sacked two months earlier. And obviously Arsenal being Arsenal hired Arteta and then, oh, Manchester United and Chelsea are your first two games. So <laughs> over Christmas when you play every two days. So... Um, we were unlucky to lose against Chelsea but the United win was great and you know it's just going to be a process from here I think it's it's in a weird situation because we've kind of given him the season no one's really expecting much because I mean, we're like 10th so um, the league is kind of gone so he has time to implement ideas and find targets who he wants to to pursue in the summer so mm-hmm. I mean obviously we still have the Europa League which is another way into into the Champions League but he has time and he just speaks well, whereas Emery, there was a slight communication issue, which is perfectly understandable. I mean, it's not his his first language, mm-hmm. um, but at times it was quite difficult to understand what he wanted. And for the, just, for the players as well, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it would be no different for them. Uh, so it's just been a nice transition. He's a very classy guy. 
um, knows the game well and uh, he's taken to it really easily so that's been a huge huge plus and a big relief for him to have that whole rest of this season now to just try yeah. things out test it no pressure mm-hmm. and then really clean slate for next season yeah I mean obviously we, we prefer it not to be that way but when you see where we are now it's a huge ask to be uh, mm-hmm. in the top four um, so this is a nice environment for him like you said to just come in implement his ideas and then go again next year Is it Ozil the player who's transformed most under him? Yeah. Uh, Ozil has well first of all he's actually been being played um, to start <laughs> yeah but he has been really good he's like been a nice connector in, uh, in that number 10 role Lucas Torreira has been brilliant uh, Emery didn't really fancy him because he was too small um, but he's been he's been brilliant and Ainsley Maitland-Niles at right back uh, with Bellerin injured he's been he's been really encouraging as well so I think everyone's levels have gone up but those three in particular have been the most notable ones okay um, other than letting about 400 players go on loan mm-hmm. are, you, are you expecting anybody in January not really I guess it's difficult um, I mean ideally we'd like to buy a centre back or even just loan one because Callum Chambers is out for the season and um Mustafi retired Mustafi. from playing good football yeah so he might leave as well to I think Galatasaray is the lone rumour at the moment um, but again it's difficult so we we might have to scramble around for a last minute loan um, and there's links to Bruno Gimaraes have I pronounced that right Gimaraes I don't know how you pronounce not it not really but that's a yeah. tough one so I'm not yeah. going to hold it on who actually looks decent from, from Brazil as well so that might be something to watch with. He's a centre back, centre midfielder. Oh, centre midfielder, okay. Yeah. So, but other than that, nothing's like close at the moment. How do you say it? Gimarães. Gimarães. I thought you got pretty close there. It wasn't bad. I'll give yeah. you that. Eight out of ten. I didn't butcher it that bad. No, 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 no. Yeah, it has that little accent yeah, this, thing yeah, that people yeah. can't pronounce. Oh, the oh. Yeah, sort of that's thing. the one. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. You uh, say it again when you have a cold. You're gonna say it perfectly. Okay. I'll wait to come on next. Time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make sure you get a cold yeah. next time. Put your head out in the rain. Uh, Sheffield United this week, a team that already beat Arsenal this season. No. No, did they not beat them? Oh yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah oh man, that was a bad game as well. <laughs> I thought it was nil nil. They beat us one nil. They beat us one nil. Yeah, sorry. They're a that. good team. They They're are. a really good team. To come up from the championship and be fifth after January is mm-hmm. quite impressive. Um, I guess you would expect something different though this time though, because you're yes, at home. At home, it's it's different. Arsenal are usually stronger at home, but we haven't got Aubameyang for three games who's the only person that scores for Arsenal so uh, Lacazette's going to have to do something Um, and maybe even Gabriel Martinelli who's fit now Um, he's been scoring this year as well so we'll see I mean we should, I, I expect us to win at home always uh, unless we're playing like Man City or you know someone big mm-hmm. um, but they defend really well and our attack has been quite hit and miss um, but hopefully after having a week in training and they know that Aubameyang's not going to be playing so they'll be drilling whoever is going to lead the line um, well and we'll see so I think Chelsea's the bigger one the week after uh, which is more worrying for me so I have I know that they defend well because I had them in uh, my fantasy football team yes easy points it is very easy, easy points. points Yeah. Uh, now that we have all of us here it's actually the we have our own one football newsroom league um, with Lewis Ambrose is on top 
Oh, I haven't touched mine in about five weeks. So <laughs> oh, I'm probably half well, right well, out the table. No, no, no. Well, hold on. I started well, but... Well, hold on. In, uh, in fourth place in the league is Joanna Bueno with Bueno FC. Not bad. Yeah, with 1,122 points. In sixth is my very own young team with 1,099 points. Seventh, Phil Costa. Yeah, I really need to play my wild card and just make about a million changes. No, I did that last week. Yeah. And way down in ninth, but on the rise, is FC Portio. <laughs> Pick the wrong players. Yeah, yeah. Peter, yeah, you need to do your wild card. I was card. giving everything to... My skin, but that didn't work. Oh, me too. <laughs> I thought that was—I thought that was going to be a big thing. Uh, you wanted to mention quickly about Watford and Southampton. Yes, the relegation rebels. As I've claimed <laughs> them in, uh, uh, no, it's just—I mean, just a quick point. They—they looked bad uh, in a bad way. Both of them uh, around Christmas time. Um, Watford were rock bottom. Southampton were really struggling under Hasenhutl, but. They were the completely turned things around. Uh, Watford, especially with the Nigel Pearson, uh, and they were the two teams who got the most points over Christmas. So um, four wins from five, but for both of them, um, and they're both out of the relegation zone now. Southampton are twelfth somehow. How you know? They really? lost, they lost to Arsenal. Yeah, they <laughs> lost nine nil a few weeks ago, and now they're you know twelfth. From that game, I think it changed everything. Yeah, they didn't um, lose like maybe one game. I'm really glad they didn't sack Hasenhutl because he's a really good manager. The squad is just really poor, um, but he's managed to get them playing in his way. Um, and Danny Ings is obviously goal machine at the moment. So with his goals, they've they managed to rock it up the table and. And Watford as well, they looked in a really bad way. They, they sacked Gracia, rehired Sanchez Flores, sacked Sanchez Flores. And uh, Nigel Pearson was a bit... It wasn't seen as a bad choice, but people were a bit like, oh, Nigel Pearson. Mm. Was seen um, like uh, the relegation uh, yeah, uh, manager. <laughs> he's done a really good job. He's shored them up defensively and he's got Ismail Assar playing really well, who's their record signing. And um, fun fact for you here. Yeah. Three teams have stayed up after being bottom at Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, West Brom in 2004, Sunderland in 2014, mm -hmm. and Nigel Pearson's Leicester in 2015, wow. the year before they won the league. So he's yeah. showing that lightning can strike twice. The one with Esteban Cambiasso in the yeah. midfield. <laughs> Cambiasso. Yeah. Wow. Leicester legend. Leicester legend, yeah. Leicester legend. So, um, yeah, they've, they've done really well. Um, and I think... He, they've put their runs of form have put Villa and Bournemouth in a lot of trouble so I'm worried about Bournemouth I am too mm. yeah it could be the end for could, the Cherries could but. very much be the end uh, Liverpool have won 20 of their 21 Premier League games they're 27 points ahead of Manchester United uh, are Man United going to end their run this weekend no okay. <laughs> Liverpool don't drop points anymore <laughs> come on <laughs> yeah I mean it would take something special uh, for that to happen I mean they, they've pulled out a, a result or two here and there against Man City um, but that's because they're so easy to get on the break whereas Liverpool I think are a lot more sturdy in midfield and especially with Van Dijk at the back who just you know it's a one man defence um, but you know it would be a good story for them to end the unbeaten run but it's not likely <clears throat> especially with Ra Rashford after getting injured yesterday yeah, yeah. oh Rashford's injured yeah, 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 okay. yeah he lasted yeah. just 16 minutes but so. United were the one to stop them right wasn't United a draw against uh, Liverpool 
Yeah, that, this so year they're, they're, they're the only, only one who team, didn't yeah. lose. And it was a last-minute goal from Lallana actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who saved the game. Oh yeah. But um, okay. now I think it's it's a big ask. So, okay. Yeah, I, I'm just more worried about the 49 game I'm being run. Uh, or this, not that I've earmarked it or anything, but it's the, f- the 4th <laughs> of April. That's when uh, they could do it. That's what it is. And uh, okay. they play Man City. So, <laughs> wow. Yes. Okay. One to keep an eye out for. We're all Pep fans on that day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know you're addicted to gambling at the moment. Are you betting on that game? We don't bet on Manchester United, but we might do that. Yeah. Well, whatever we do, they they do the complete opposite. Like, Uh, this is an easy match. Come on. And they lose 3-0. Never bet on United. That's one of our rules. Don't bet on Manchester United. But we might do. But then betting on Liverpool beating Manchester United, you make like 10 cents. I bet with Joanna last week. And I was absolutely useless at it. So I'm never betting ever again. Right. Uh, Francesco. Yeah. A quick word on Serie A. And yeah. some bad injury news. It was terrible. The injury of Nicolò Zaniolo was really heartbreaking. Because Is he out for the Euros? Now they're saying they might come back, but it's very risky, you know, to yeah. put in danger the career of uh, mm-hmm. a player like him. But I mean, if he can come back, it would be amazing, to be what, honest. What happened? Uh, basically, the, he had like a ACL injury and also uh, Mary de Miral in the same game. And I think that was connected to the fact that they play in the same stadium the day before Lazio Napoli. So Lazio and Roma play in the same uh, field in tw- less than 24 hours. Mm. That because uh, in the next, uh, in the last game of the season, they will play away that game because they have to prepare the Stadio Olimpico for the Euros. So Zaniolo will probably lose the opportunity to play in the national team in the Euros because of the national team they had to play in the Stadio Olimpico. Oh, and also the first game is uh, Italy-Turkey and Zaniolo and Demiral both will have played that but probably they won't. So, it's yeah. a shame. It's a shame and also I think totally unnecessary to play, you know, to do like that for prepare the stadium for the Euros. I don't even know what it means to be honest. Oh, they but, lock it down for 10 days yeah, but the Serie A ends uh, in the like uh, beginning of May, and the first game is June twelfth. Oh, yeah. it's so due it's one to month. Security reasons yeah, well, or something like well. that. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it was very very sad to see uh, Zaniolo crying. Yeah, and that was horrible yeah, when was, he was being stretched. Yeah, off, it was yeah. terrible. Uh, ACL injury. Yeah, I yeah. know how he feels. He will come back stronger. We hope. <laughs> They don't need to rush him. That's the only hope I have because there is no point to rush him just because of he has to play the Euros. Probably right now it's the only motivation he has probably, so it's always even good for him. But I think that will be... That's wow, way too early. You've done your ACL. There's no way you can be back in time for the Euros. Match fit? Six months, so technically he can. Very tech, Very. I mean, he won't play before. He might be fit to play, but I don't know. Totti broke his ankle, which is, can be even worse sometimes. It was February 6, I think, or February 12, something like that. And then he played the uh, World Cup in 2006, and ah. that ended well, I think. <laughs> that, so, ended, that, actually, that ended up pretty good, I'll give him that. We, are, we have hopes for that. <laughs> uh, your hero? Zlatan. Zlatan. Zlatan is back. And he's scoring. He scored, he's mashed, he, he's destroying the league again, and uh, <laughs> so everything is back in track. <laughs> No, it was it was good to see 
scoring and uh, I think worrying also for Milan that they needed to wait for him to create some occasions in the in the attacking because without him you see that they have no ideas with him they have everything they need to score and win games and but also as I said last week I think the point of Ibrahimovic was good also for the mentality of the group of the players. Even yesterday they won against Pal in Coppa Italia, but still like they 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 show that with him now they have a different um, uh, how do you say um, they, they they feel like uh, they feel again as they can win games as before they were just terrible you knew that Milan was not going to win right now it's different so he probably gave stability to the team and to the dressing room and that's mm. that lion mentality the lion like mentality soft. was important yes for sure God. Boring, boring. boring. <laughs> it's not, it's Give not. It. Boring <laughs> might be the football you play in Arsenal, not it's not in Brazil. We've got our tetable. Ah, right. Right about that. All right. <laughs> okay, that's all from us today. My thanks to Joanne, Francesco, and Phil. We'll be back next week. Should you miss us in the meantime, you can listen to the back catalog on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast hit. And if you want to get in touch with the address to do so, it's podcast at one.com.